This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Jason, Freddie, Myers, we all need someone to look up to. For fuck's sake, Todd, you even fucked fucking things up. <laughs> Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess. I'm Chris. And I'm Troy. And we are Sans Brett this evening. Yeah, we're Brettless, but, you know, he's kind of the Todd of the podcast, so it's okay. Yeah, he does fuck things up all the time. <laughs> but at least it's usually interesting, unlike Todd in this one. But <laughs> we'll get there. First, Chris has to begin with the beginning. I do. And this movie is a kind of a classic faux documentary formula. A mockumentary, perhaps? Perhaps. Except in this uh, world that the movie takes place in, all the slasher films are based on true-life events. Yeah, like Jason Voorhees literally killed people in Camp Crystal Lake. Uh, Michael Myers killed people in the town that Chris's name, Chris, Chris can't remember the name of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Haddonfield, I believe, was the name of it. <laughs> and then uh, Freddy Krueger killed people in, on Elm Street in not Springfield, but was it Spring Springdale? I think. I can't remember. We all know I can't yeah. remember. But then Sutter Kane has a cameo with that part, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's, that's not his name. but <laughs> Or Kane Hodder, if you prefer that, but... I'll just refer to him as Sutter Kane in my head and my mouth. <laughs> and so we open up uh, Blair Witch style with uh, a bunch of grad students making some kind of journalist film. Yeah. Uh, it's set in Glen Echo, Maryland, I think. About uh, So it's about... The story is about this kid who was possessed with evil and the townspeople threw him over the falls of some river and he died. Yeah. Yeah. Or did he? Or did he? I mean, yeah, he did, but... <laughs> but, you know, so the the point of this documentary is there's a dude who wants to become like a slasher legend like the Voorhees and the Myers and the Kruger. Yeah, and he uh, he views it as a job. As a there's rules, there's ethical guidelines, there's there's like a formula. Yeah, I I would assume there's a union probably, <laughs> like the Screen Actors Guild, but for murdering people. <laughs> I, it, it should be called GAC for some reason, I feel like. That sounds good. Yeah. I'm not sure what words would make that up, but I like Maybe GAC. Maybe GASP. It would be like a guild of something serial predators. I don't know. And uh, we're basically treated to some... Uh, it's like a behind-the-scenes of how to be a serial slasher murderer. Yeah, the dude's, like, kind of really nice and charismatic, which was kind of cool. Like, 
You're kind of like, oh, I like he's kind of nice, and I like him, and oh wait, no, he's just planning to kill a crap ton of people. And we uh, we get to follow him as he uh, as it turns out, there's a lot of there's a lot of setup involved in, you know, Freddy Kruegering a bunch of people. Yep, you have to uh, pick your uh, your survivor girl, which I don't know why they couldn't just call them a final girl. Cause I feel like that's the actual the established uh, nomenclature, but yeah, that was but a you little weird. Kept referring to them as a as a survivor girl, and they have to have like the right mix of friends, so that you know you have the jocks who are gonna put up a little bit of a fight, and then you just have the nerds to pad your body count. Yeah, nerds and stoners because they're not super uh, fast or anything, so yeah. they're easy prey. Yeah. And they have to be virginal, of course. Mm, and yeah. what else? And uh, I think it it just uh, the setup before anything happens is apparently super important. Yep, you, he you, has lots of books on like anatomy and psychology and magic tricks, which all makes sense. Yeah. He does a lot of cardio, which I thought was great. <laughs> yeah, because like, as he explains it, you gotta you gotta do a lot of fucking running. Yep, but make it look like you're walking. Yeah, it's super hard, which is a valid point. I can imagine that's fucking murder. Yeah, it's like it's like wind sprints. You have to sprint up, and then right when they're gonna see you, you have to shift to a walk to come stalking out of the mist at them. <laughs> so uh, um, they all go over. Because he wants to introduce the film crew to his uh, mentor, a guy who was prolific back in the 60s and 70s, yep. and his hot wife. Yeah, who actually, he described as hot and actually turned out to be hot, so that was, you know, nice. So they head over to meet up with, uh, I forget the guy's name, shock of all shocks. Herschel. Yeah, they're going to meet Herschel, who is... I don't know, had somebody bury him in some sort of sensory deprivation tank in the woods behind his house? But it was more like his wife buried him in a coffin in the backyard. Yeah, because apparently it's like yoga, I guess, for, for uh, your serial murderer. You have to slow your breathing and your heart rate so you appear dead so you can then, you know, like, sit up later and, re you know, they, people think you're dead that you can come back to the sequel that way. And they uh, they meet up with him. And they have, uh, you know, some fun times where we see things like how good he is with a knife when he minces carrots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's just like kind of like chop, chop, chop. And then they start talking shop and he's like, chop, 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 <laughs> And it's minced. <laughs> yeah, and it, it turns out that uh, Herschel there, he doesn't like the uh, slapdash way that the kids these days are serial murdering people. Yeah. No, like, because, you know, like, Jason and Freddie and Michael Myers, like, they really, like, elevated the art form. You know, they took things to a whole new level and just, you know, it, it's like that with the Sturgeon's Law. You know, 99% of everything is crap. And uh, I think that applies to, to slashers as well in Urschel's uh, mind. Yeah. But he actually is the first person, in the movie anyway, to provide sort of a reasoning behind uh, why they do what they do. 
And that's because, you know, what's the point of having good if there's no evil? Yeah, like you need you need the dark reflection to show you how bright the sun is, all that. You know, you basically need to be the ultimate heel so that you can make the face look even better. Yeah. So they all have a nice meal of some sort of uh, horseshoe sausages. <laughs> and minced carrots. <laughs> yeah, classic, uh, classic dinner time stuff, I guess. And they, uh, they head off to go scare old uh, what's her head, uh, the final girl, prison maid. Yeah, because she works at the uh, local uh, coffee diner establishment. But she wears like this bright orange like jumpsuit skirt with like a white apron on the front, so she looks like a French maid, only like in prison colors. So she's prison maid. And he uh, he's explaining, you know, hey, look, this is all part of the thing. You gotta, you gotta ramp it up. You gotta give him a little foreshadowing if you really wanna have an effective murder party. And he even gets old, uh, what's her head? You know, the journalist lady. Yeah, sweater. Old sweater. He's like, hey, sweater, I'm gonna go over here and stand creepily in the shrubs while you uh, use this brick I rigged with fishing line. <laughs> to lock her out, which is funny as fuck to me. Yeah, but it works. Yeah. So. And they're all super uh, jazzed up on the whole thing. And he's like, well, wait till you see the next part here. Yep, I've so got to scare her. She runs. Everything goes according to plan. He kind of like comes out of the shadows, then goes back into the shadows, and the brick gets pulled out from the stopping the door from closing. The door closes, and uh, prison maid runs off to the front of the store to go back in. Like you do. Yeah, and they're all like super like, oh, it was great. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, woo. Except for Todd. He fucks it up. Yeah, Todd fucks something up because Todd fucks everything up. Possibly Doug. Doug fucks up stuff too, but less than Todd. Yeah, Todd's the major fuck up. So he, uh, the next day, old Leslie, he's like, hey, check this sweet newspaper clipping out and they're like holy shit is that real he's like nah man i don't i don't know i probably not i don't think she has a great uncle that raped my mom so because uh quote a lot of this job is cgi yeah which was pretty like nice little meta commentary on uh on slasher movies but yeah so he like photoshopped her face onto a dude's head <laughs> to make it look like he was her great uncle <laughs> and he, uh, they go to the library because she's often in the library late at night studying and he lays out his plan he's going to take uh, the, the fake newspaper clipping and fake microfiche in order to uh, give her the backstory so she can be sufficiently terrified of everything yeah and then he's going to show up and he's going to murder late her librarian friend who is uh, the squeaky voice lady from Poltergeist. Yep. Yep, the one who uh, shouts at the television a lot. Yeah. And tells (laughs) Carol Ann to head towards the light. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the real Poltergeist movie, not that bullshit remake thing they did. I haven't seen the remakes, so I I have no comment on the remake. But apparently Chris has has moderate to strong feelings about it. Like... (laughs) I mean, it's it's a pretty set precedent that I don't like a remake. Yeah, it'd be hard to make 
to remake Poltergeist and make it any creepier than it was before. I mean, if you're not going to have Craig T. Nelson, I don't want any part of it. Hey, if they get Craig T. Nelson now, that would be amazingly creepy. <laughs> they'd have to, they'd have to do some real questionable stuff to get him in a movie these days. <laughs> yeah, involve voodoo. I'm pretty sure. But anyway, so uh, East Springs' library plan. And it makes the worst bro joke ever when he's sitting and he's like, Paradise Lost, and reaches up and grabs a copy of Paradise Lost on the shelf. He's like, found it, <laughs> and puts it back. And I was like, oh, that, 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 wasn't, that was not a good joke. No. And I just want to, I'm going to stop for a second and be the guy who complains about the, them not using the Dewey Decimal System correctly. <laughs> yep. That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Please lay, lay your, uh, lay your trip okay. on us, Chris. <laughs> so he found a copy of Paradise Lost. Yes. But it was in a section of what appeared to be reference-specific materials with names of books like Combustion and stuff about fire. And I'm not an expert on the Dewey Decimal System, but I'm pretty sure works of fiction don't go in the same spot as, you know, like uh, textbook-looking stuff, reference material. But wasn't Paradise Lost like an allegory for, like, Dante's Inferno? So... You know, inferno, fire, combustion. Just because you managed to make a pun doesn't make it right, Troy. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, now I'm like most puns you make, Troy. I'm happy and upset with you right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, but so yeah, wait, wait for the uh, the Troy pun decimal system coming soon. <laughs> Gonna revolutionary revolutionize the library business. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the trap is sprung, and uh, it all goes pretty much according to plan. She finds the clipping. She goes to the librarian. She's like, "Let's check out the microfiche." Librarian lays the story on her about how his mom and dad had a kid, and they were mean to the kid. So the kid murdered him or something, and then the townspeople well, the kid, murdered him. Yeah, the kid was forced to uh, apparently till the soil with a hand scythe. However, which, that works. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> that's how what he uses to kill people later. And then he strung his mom up in the apple orchard to kill her. And, but, twist, Robert England shows up. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, uh, he's Leslie's uh, doctor, Doctor Loomis. Yep, his psychiatristologist who uh, shoots him, and Leslie Vernon like jumps around like all parkour style, while wearing as I think pretty sure is a grumpy cat mask with the hair removed. It's it's a real bad. It's real bad. <laughs> it's probably the worst part of this movie is that goddamn mask. Oh, it's definitely the worst part because this movie is kind of genius, but that mask is terrible. It's like, oh, they're like, oh, well, just take us like Halloween took a Shatner mask and painted it white. Let's take a grumpy cat mask and paint it gray. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so bad. Yeah, but regardless, I'm, I'm honestly pretty sure it's a grumpy cat mask. 
I believe it. It's 2006, I think, is when this came out. So that that's probably right. I don't know much about Grumpy Cats. I don't either, but it looks like it's got the frowny face and the big eyes. And But anyway, it's terrible. That mask is terrible and stupid looking, and it does not engender fear. But Leslie Vernon, you know, the serial killer with the – or the slasher with the least scary name ever – is very, very excited that this other dude showed up because that means he has an Ahab. And even Sweater Chick is excited that he has an Ahab. What's an Ahab? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, bitch, you're in grad school. You don't know who fucking Ahab is? Like, come <laughs> on, now? I I worked in a restaurant most of my life. I knew the fuck Captain Ahab is. I could have used context to figure out the reference, dumbass. <laughs> but still it was nice because she's like we have an Ahab what's an Ahab <laughs> and an Ahab is exactly what it sounds like it is you know he's the guy who will pursue you to the very ends of the earth no matter the detriment to his personal life yep and he has a little spout off about your uh, your history and your backstory so that people know your backstory and basically he's there to kind of help make a legend out of you yeah, and it, it's not something everybody gets in the industry, we learn. Right, I mean, because, you know, Jason didn't have one. And I don't think Freddie had one either. Only Michael Myers had one. Well, I mean, I guess if you count, uh... Isn't Nancy, that's kind of her... That's kind of his Ahab, right? Uh, maybe, but wasn't she also a victim? Like, she wasn't, like, a third party. Yeah, but a- after the first one, she kind of was his Ahab. When she shows back up later... In Freddy's yeah. Dead, the final nightmare. Ooh. With 3D Freddy vision? Shit. <laughs> Drink some of your beer-flavored beer, Chris. <laughs> it is delicious and generically labeled. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so they explain to Sweater Chick what the fucking Ahab is. And then he takes it out and explains the whole plan, right? Yeah, in excruciating detail. Yep, explains why he doesn't want them to go into the closet, because that's like a womb, and everyone's innocent and protected there. And he doesn't want them in the house too long, because yeah, playing hide-and-seek takes up too much time. People can get away, and he's rigged the, uh, the main breaker on remote control, so he can turn it on or off at will. Um, explain how like invariably one couple's gonna come up to this bed and bone, and he'll kill them there, and then but he'll stage them to look like they're sleeping, so no one will so that people don't get freaked out too early, and then he has a gratuitous boob shot in this description. Yeah, <laughs> with with like thumb sized nipples in it. Yeah, she she has some serious nipples going on. <laughs> yeah, my wife's comment was like. Those are really big nipples. <laughs> and you know, if a lady's saying it, it's the truth. Yeah. I would try to like, keep it like the ba- a baby would be like, ah, my TMJ. <laughs> Kicking in. <laughs> I'll need to be much older before I can use these. <laughs> um, oh, so then he's going to kill a jock and the chick down in the basement. And then someone's going to go check up on the couple up top and finally find out, figure out that they're dead. And then they'll all run screaming out of the house to get into their cars that he has 
you know, rigged to not start. And then they'll run into the barn where he'll murderlate a couple more of them until only the uh, the prison maid is left. And she'll go to the tool shed and grab a weapon that he has rigged to fall apart. And then... Then that she'll, be the end uh, of his plan. And then she, he'll kill her or she'll well, survive she'll, and run she'll off. She'll run through the apple orchard, which is her rebirthing. Oh, yes. Yeah, because yeah, she'll be rebirthed through the apple orchard birth canal. Uh-huh. That's very important and, symbolism for, for people in the business. Yeah. Well yeah, and actually it, it it is. There's um if I don't remember the name of the book. Uh, something about I think chainsaws is in the name of the book. Uh, but if you listen to some of the episodes of Faculty of Horror dealing with uh, slasher movies, they they'll name check this book that is all about like women in horror slasher flicks and the symbology of you know grabbing like like you know the axe being a phallic symbol, you know like basically women using you know phallic symbols against men and things like that. Uh, but yeah, so. Yeah, find one of the Faculty of Horror episodes about slasher movies. Listen to that. They've got some good analysis of symbology and stuff in there, which ties in pretty well with this, actually. And uh, everybody's like, man, that is, a, that is a hell of a plan you've got, man. And he's like, yeah, yeah, this is a big deal. Like, this is this is the Super Bowl for him. Like, Yep, <laughs> it's his night. And so he, uh, he's getting ready. He rubs some kind of shit on his face that helps him not bleed or something. It's like preparation H, preparation H mixed with anti-flammable stuff. So like if they light him on fire, it'll protect him from burning, and it will also protect, you know like shrink the blood vessels in his face so he won't bleed. Also, it makes it looks pale as a uh, side effect, so that's good too. And then um, they all head off. The camera crew gets set up. They're all waiting. It's go time. The big day's there. Everybody shows up at the house, you know, all your varying uh, victims. Eight of them, I think, in total. Yeah, uh, mostly jocks, some stoners, a couple women, girls. I think they're they're teenage girls. Yeah. And uh, it kicks off, just like he says. The, The one couple comes upstairs. He murders them dead. But then it turns out that old uh, sweater, she's like, oh, man, I didn't realize you're planning to murder people, including murdering people. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, my conscience suddenly is pricking me. Perhaps we should not be involved in this. And he's like, you know what? You guys have your, those faces that say, I'm about to get involved in this. So I'm going to stick you back in your van and tell you to get, just get the fuck out of here. And then, of course, sweater is like, no, we have to go save everybody. And Todd and Doug are both like, yeah, but do we? Because no. (laughs) And she's like, stop ruining everything. Come with me. You dumb idiots. So they go back to try to warn everybody. And uh, things are uh, going basically according to plan when they get in there. According to his plan, Leslie's. Yep. Uh... So a, a jock and a chick went down to the basement to check the breaker. Um, the prison maid and her boyfriend had gone upstairs to go check on the other couple. 
And so the so a sweater sweater reporter is like, oh well, we should go find them before they like freak out and find the bo- find the bodies and freak out. And so they go up there and. Uh, prison maids like full on reverse cowgirl <laughs> on her boyfriend. Yeah, like waving her <laughs> bra over her head and the whole bit. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, not a virgin. <laughs> no, super not a virgin, or at least not anymore. Regardless. <laughs> well, I don't think most. I mean, I don't want to speak for women, being a man and all, but I'm pretty sure most women's first time does not involve reverse cowgirl. <laughs> That's not the classic. Uh, First time position, you don't think? I don't. I, I'm willing to bet money that that would not be the classic uh, first time position. <laughs> and uh, she's all like, "Who the fuck are you guys? Why are you watching me reverse cowgirl, some dude? Why are you videotaping a 17 year old girl naked?" <laughs> yeah, lots of questions are raised, none of which have really answered. And they're like, "Oh no, see, because you're all gonna get murdered, so." You should probably go now. And they're like, whatever, idiot. We're not going to get murdered. Would it be safe to say murderedly murdered? It would be. Okay. Because I feel like Brett would be uh, shouting that at us by now. He probably would. (laughs) So they all uh, go back downstairs and huddle up and listen to Sweater try to tell everybody what's going on. But they don't want to listen. And, uh... Then Leslie shows up outside and scares everybody. Yeah, with his grumpy cat mask. Yeah. So they all go uh, scampering off. They all run upstairs. And, oh, they run upstairs. And uh, prison maid is like, fuck this. Throw something through the window to break it. And goes to climb onto a tree branch, which we had seen had been pre-cut to break and they try to stop her, but she just climbs out onto that falls and dies. Yeah. It didn't end well for her. Oh, and meanwhile, stoner kids have gone off to the tool shed because of reasons. And they're, uh, they get got. Yep. Yep. The, uh, one of them I believe was Hispanic. So, you know, that's good that, uh, one of the first people that yeah, one of the first people to die on screen was uh, not white. So you know, keeping him with the tropes, I guess. <laughs> and the other guy gets his with a pulse hole digger, which was alluded to earlier. Yep, and he pulls his heart out and leaves it in his hand, which is pretty hardcore. Yep. And uh, so once, uh, but once prison maid falls out the window and dies. Uh, Sweater has a bit of an epiphany and realizes that this was all, this was never about Prison Maid because anyone who had watched Prison Maid for long enough would realize that she uh, was not a virgin. And apparently, Sweater is a virgin, and this was actually all about her. Mm-hmm. And she is actually the survivor girl. Yeah. So they they try to take off. They go back to their uh, van. But of course, it's full of corpses and won't start like most vans yep. are. Yep. <laughs> I mean, if unless it says free candy on it, there's corpses and it won't start. Yeah. Free candy, rapists. So, yeah, yeah I, mean, that's, I mean, that's your choice with vans. Either corpses way, or rapists. Don't, don't get in a van, I think is the moral. 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they all try to take off to the barn, and uh, Todd's like, hey, I got an idea. I'm going to lead him away from the barn because that should work out for for me because I'm seriously overweight, and this dude does mad cardio, so I should be able to outrun him. <laughs> yep, I'll just I'll, I'll be the rabbit, and he'll chase me. <laughs> and, of course, uh, Todd quickly gets caught, falls over, and killed because Todd fucked up fucking up plans even <laughs> yeah Todd was a real fuck up yeah so now everybody's and, in the barn scampering around and we get a great upskirt shot of uh one of the chicks climbing up a ladder like gratuitous upskirt shot <laughs> yeah and they're like oh no that's where he's hiding but he wasn't hiding there because he was too busy killing Todd so they're safe up there they come back down and and uh, the poor man's Dr. Loomis shows up and gets a shovel to the head for his troubles. Yep. <laughs> and, it's, and, of course, it's Doug, the other fuck-up, who fucked that up. Yeah, fucking cameramen. They're incompetent. Yep, that's pretty much the, the moral of this movie is the you can't you fuck cameramen. And then everybody scampers around some more, but now there are murders to take place when they go up. And uh, he, meet, he, he uh, hey, bail hooks her up onto there and kills her. And then uh, Leslie uh, wraps a, th- a rope around the throat of the dude, her boyfriend, and hangs him as he kind of like rides the rope down, you know, the pulley. It's on a pulley, you know, and he writes, you know, his body weight lifts the other guy up and yeah. hangs him there. Yeah. Like you do. And yeah. And then, uh, Freddy Krueger regains his senses. Yep, and then promptly gets gets stabbed. Yep. <laughs> he he and might then, as well be a cameraman because he's not real good at any of this shit either. Nope. And then Doug is like, "Don't worry, I'll I'll distract him while you run off, sweater chick." And then Leslie just grabs Doug by his shoulder and slams it into a wall and knocks his ass out. Yeah, it wasn't even like a mild inconvenience. <laughs> It was like he was anticlimactic, Doug. I believe is how I described him at that point. So and now so we're she, uh, we're down to the final girl, yep. survivor girl, I guess. Yep, sweater girl goes down the chute from the barn that he had said the final girl would go down, and then she runs to the uh, oh she runs to the tool shed uh, where Todd's body. Inconveniences her for a moment, and she's like, "Fucking Todd, you fucked and, up by getting in this tool shed, idiot. Even in death, you fuck shit up." Yep. And then she goes to the back of the tool shed where he said he had only rigged the tools in the front of the tool shed to break, and she grabs an axe, and then she knows that she needs to run through the apple orchard next, so she does that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then uh, he. He starts to taunt her by appearing and disappearing around her. All that cardio paying off. Yep. And and those magic tricks. And she and uh, then he, she tries to axe him, but the axe breaks shockingly. Yep. Because he's because he wrecked all the axes in there to break. <laughs> yeah. And they uh they play some more cat and mouse in the uh, orchard until she ends up at the uh, the cider press hut. Well, she takes her sweater off at some point, too, and reveals that she actually has, like, 
muscles and stuff under the sweater. Yeah. Yeah, she's not just some nebulous, uh, torso-less creature. <laughs> it's easy to be a virgin when you don't have a torso, Chris. <laughs> I guess that's true. Uh, <laughs> and they, uh, they have themselves a good old-fashioned tussle in the cider press hut. Where she mushes his head with the cider press? A little bit. Like, she kind of like, squeezes it till it's trapped. And then gives it, like, one more half turn. And that apparently kills him. Yep. And then she douses it, breaks, it with the it breaks gas. the mask off his face. Yeah. Well, you took the mask off, but... Yeah. And I was happy, because fuck that mask. Yeah, the mask was terrible. He was more scary looking with just the the round... The, the black makeup he put on parts of his face to, to blend in with the mask. Yeah. And so she uh, sets the place on fire with their handy apple cider gas. Yeah. <laughs> and then she burns down the barn for good measure and burns the axe handle from the axe that she broke. Like, basically covering up any evidence that she was there. <laughs> yeah, which is just a solid plan. I don't blame you yeah. for that. Whenever I burn a corpse I've made, I leave all the evidence there. <laughs> Ooh, I have to remember to add that one later. <laughs> <laughs> and old uh, old Doug and Dr. Freddy show up, and they're, like, okay-ish. I mean, Dr. Freddy has been stabbed and hit with a shovel. He's probably got a concussion. Yep. And Doug's also probably suffering from concussion, but, I mean, he wasn't rubbing many brain cells together anyway, so I don't think you notice so much with him. And uh, then we're treated to the, the credits... Which is uh, a morgue, a, a morgue dude doing his morgue business while, uh, was it Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads playing over the top of it? Yeah, which is pretty good. I gotta give him yeah. credit. I mean, it's on the nose, and you would think it would have been done before, but I don't think it has. Nothing that we've seen, anyway. And, um, shock of all shocks, it turns out that Leslie Vernon sat up from his burnt, head-crushed corpseness. Yep. And then it cuts to black. And Which makes sense, because, you know, we had Chekhov's uh, Preparation H and Chekhov's Yoga to, to explain that. Yeah. It all adds up. It ticks all the boxes. Yeah. And that's uh, behind the mask, the rise of Leslie Vernon. What do you think, Mr. Troy? I really like this movie. I was I was kind of all in on the from the beginning though. I like it was very meta, which I enjoyed. You know, and the the idea that there is a world where s- s- like supernatural slashers are real was kind of fun. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed it. My only complaint is they talked about the closet and then no one hid in the closet. <laughs> but That's true. Other than that, <laughs> I, I think it was a pretty tight movie. Uh, there was a lot of decent acting in it. Uh, I mean, Leslie Vernon is kind of a terribly boring name for a serial slasher killer, but you know, I kind of like that too. I think that was probably part of the, uh, part of the, the, the gag. And, uh, it was, I really liked it. I, I highly recommend this. I would say watch it and then probably watch it again later just because you can. How about you, Chris? I also liked it. I was a little more lukewarm at the beginning. It took me uh, 
probably 15, 20 minutes to kind of warm up to the whole thing. But after I got into it, I was all I was all in on it. I like the I like the idea of like the uh, the serial murderers. Like, nah, see, this is all an elaborate ruse. Like, we're not supernatural monsters. We we put in work for this. Like, yeah. and <laughs> Freddie and Jason punching time cards. <laughs> yeah, and just uh the kind of in-universe explanations for all the tropes and stuff was funny. It was, it's fun. It's super meta, which I can understand that some people don't, don't dig that kind of stuff. But I would say this is definitely worth, worth a watch. Especially if you're a fan of the genre, which I can't imagine if you're listening to this podcast, you're not to some degree. Yeah. And I, I will say five minutes before they, uh, sweater chick had her epiphany, Chris messaged me and said, I have a theory about this movie. And I was like, is your theory that the sweater girl is the final girl? And he's like, yes. And and then like, as soon as we finished that conversation, she has her epiphany that she's the final girl. (laughs) Yeah. I actually hadn't thought about that until you said you had a theory. And I was like, well, what theory would it be? Oh, that sounds like a good theory. We'll go with that. (laughs) Yeah. So Chris did actually think of it first. I did. Well, before she between the two of us. Yeah. But yeah, definitely definitely watch this if you haven't seen it. And if you have seen it, go ahead and watch it again. It's worth another look. So what's up next, Troy? Uh we have Ginger Snaps 2, as recommended to us by RCB. RCB? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Chris a little slow on that one. I was a little slow on that one. <laughs> I'm so full of beer brand beer. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think we should post a picture of, Chris. Make I will sure you post get a picture. That done. Um, yeah, so it's Ginger Snaps two. Uh, we were we were fan. I'm a fan of Ginger Snaps one. I believe you were a fan of Ginger Snaps one. I am a fan. Brett, I think was probably kind of eh on it. But Brett don't know what's good. Yeah, Brett's Brett's the Doug the Doug Todd of the uh, the podcast, so it's fine. He sure is. And uh, so, since Chris is going to ask me anyway, I, I will tell you how you can recommend other movies to us. <laughs> uh, you can go to the Facebook. Uh, we are Slaughterhouse Princess. Uh, we are we are our email is Slaughterhouse Princess Podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, we have a Twitter at Slaughter Prince, which is Slaughter Princess with no vowels in Princess. Uh, we have a subreddit r slash shp podcast. Uh, we are on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Music, uh, probably Spotify for all I know. Uh, we uh, can be found on our Discord server at discord.slaughterhouseprincess.com. Our regular website is slaughterhouseprincess.com. Our Patreon is patreon.slaughterhouseprincess.com. And I have committed to a $100 goal, uh, which I probably should not drink and message Chris at the same time, but uh, if we get $100 a month of pledges, I will write a uh, Slaughterhouse Princess wing fic for the website uh, to be posted there. Uh, Not just a slash fic, but a wing fic. Uh, If you need to find out what wing fic is, please use use Urban Dictionary. and uh, yeah, so if if and when we get a hundred dollars for the pledges for a month, 
when they all go through, I I will commit to writing that. Mm-hmm. I secretly hope it never happens. <laughs> because, because that'll Chris exist. Doesn't, Chris doesn't want me to write about him growing wings. That's why. That's, it's... <laughs> It's my secret fear that one day I'll wake <laughs> up with wings. Did you know there's a too? Yes. Yeah. I was like, please, I hope no one notices that and makes us watch it. <laughs> I knew that, and I never told anybody. <laughs> to the grave, I said when I saw that. To the grave, that's where I'm taking this. 